When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. I'm Henry Chisholm, and we've got three of us here today. We're talking about receivers and tight ends. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's me, it's Jake Schwanitz, it's Andre Simone, and Justin is not here. So uh, we're not going to get to hear his thoughts on Trey McBride, although I think we probably know what those are already. I think we're pretty clear on that one. He's made his, uh, his stance known, well-known. I think yeah. he has. Worked hard all year to make sure he could miss this pod and not feel guilty that he didn't get his Trey McBride takes. In. Maybe, maybe we dodged a little bit of a bullet. Maybe, maybe this is no longer just a Trey McBride podcast. Yeah. Actually, when we when we get into these tight ends, I've got a, I've got a fun name to drop. I was out at CU's Pro Day a couple of days ago. Matt Lynch didn't do all that much on the football field, but tested better than just about all of the tight ends at the combine, which. It counts for something. Maybe we'll maybe we'll get into that in a second instead of some Trey McBride stuff. Um, before we get into the tight ends and receivers, though, we have some Broncos news to catch up on. You know, this is the time of the year when we really figure out what the Broncos could be interested in in the draft, and and a couple of these signings will make some big differences. Uh, we we touched on Russell Wilson last week. Obviously, quarterback is off the board, but we also have the new defensive lineman DJ Jones. A, uh, a veteran backup tight end from the Ravens who came in here too. Um, and then also, what am I Randy forgetting? Gregory. Randy Gregory, of course, Randy, Randy Gregory. Gregory. How could you forget Randy Gregory? And he's going to yeah. wear number five? Yeah. That's a fast number. It's a fast number. It's a fast number. It's a fast number. It's a, it's a hell of a contract. And then you saw the kind of money that Vaughn commanded on the open market. Oh, my goodness. It's wild. Yeah, I mean quite literally the most valuable uh, defensive player in NFL history. I would venture yeah. to say by maybe a healthy, like 80 million at this point, uh, you'll see how much of that new contract he ends up earning straight up. But man, um, a guy what that, a legend. you know, yeah. yeah. I, and a draft pod hero through and through second <laughs> overall pick highest natural pick the Broncos have ever had. Um, so man, congrats to Vaughn, but yeah, back to the Broncos. 
You love to see those additions in the trenches. I would also add um, Tom Compton as kind oh, of a yeah. swing offensive wow. lineman, really, not even, um, but a guy who in this zone blocking scheme could kind of be, you know, if you squint, he might be able to salvage a few games for you at right tackle while they also uh, re-signed Calvin Anderson, right? Um, so they've got a few options on the cheap there. And I mean, it's kind of the philosophy we saw coming from the last episode. We felt like they were pretty set on offense, right? Skill positions, especially. Uh, sure, needs at tight end, needs at right tackle. That was the glaring one. They might be filling that on the cheap. They also re-sign Andrew Beck. So between Alberto as your receiving tight end, Tomlinson as your blocking tight end, and then Andrew Beck as that H-back fullback, which obviously should be a little more featured if we're going full-blown West Coast. And also, let's face it, like kind of embracing the offensive identity with this team, not just through Russ, but through Javante Williams as well. And I mean, shit, that's how you help an inexperienced right side of your line. You just pound the ball and don't let them drop back, um, you know, 40 times a game. But then they invested the heavier money on the defensive side and especially in the defensive trenches. And they're guys who you're analytically inclined to kind of going with these dudes. You're also going with some of the younger top options at their position. DJ Jones, especially quite young. But most of all, you are taking a leap of faith on both Jones and Gregory that their career years they had a season ago are replicable and aren't just a flash in the pan. Um, and that's the big gamble. And if you win both those gambles, holy cow, you're going to have a formidable line. If it's a little more middle of the road, okay, you might be overpaying just a smidge. Um and, you know, if they prove to be more the rotational guys they were earlier in their their careers, these will look like bad contracts. Let's, uh, I mean, let's, yeah, go ahead, Jake. Just, just seeing how they're kind of still throwing resources at the defensive line after, I mean, I'd say it was an average year last year, right? I mean, uh, I don't think the defensive line was a liability. And, you know, you get a quote-unquote premier edge rusher like that um you know we were talking about bringing back Vaughn and then you still have Chubb and you know we've kind of made we've, we've talked about Chubb and uh, I guess his struggles at times but you know kind of getting that other guy opposite him I think is huge especially with Chubb going in a contract year defense is looking nice totally yeah and I think you're really seeing them embrace a four-man front I mean it, it yeah. felt like that all along and just the guys they were looking at at that edge spot um Jones and Draymond on third down are going to be formidable in the middle feels like you probably need a more run of the mill two down nose tackle but again late in the draft uh the it just kind of the run of the mill replacement level free agents you you figure you can plug that gap Josie Jewell also resigned um so I mean there's a lot of things to consider here with their outlook now that we have seen them I mean, kind of a, a lot, the majority of their at least cap resources to the roster we're kind of looking at right now as far as what the biggest needs are and what um, what you're looking at as far as um, in the draft here to address those biggest needs. 
I also love that Cooper, Chubb, Gregory, you can go power. You can go length with all those three. You can really attack the inside shoulders on tackles. You can go stunts with those more athletic defensive tackles at the three tech. Um, so if you can figure out how to stop the run, and again, part of stopping the run is just going to be not being down a touchdown, not being down 10 points for most of the second half every game. Um, this could really play into the team's strengths. And also, I mean, it's been so fun seeing the AFC West moves this offseason and how every team isn't just going all in on winning right now. They are going all in on the passing game on offense, all in on passing D. Um, and it's just going to be like modern football warfare for six games a year when we face the Raiders, Chiefs, and Chargers. It's going to be something else because you have some formidable quarterbacks. You have some formidable quarterback-wide receiver combinations. And then you have the best edge-rushing edge duos in the league. I mean, like across the board on every single squad, it's nuts. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. I'm really fired up about all that. Um, with, uh, with these signings, let, let's run through and do it this way. Let's say with the 64th pick, the Broncos are going to take uh, uh, somebody who plays a position that we've already seen them address in free agency. So it could be tight end or interior defensive line, edge rusher, um, uh, interior offensive line, I guess. Wh which, which one of those positions would you like to see them still address with that pick if they had to choose one? Well, it's got to be uh, one of the big guys, I think. I mean, you're, you got to look at edge. you got to look at offensive tackle. I mean, I seriously doubt you're going to get a really yeah. uh, impactful piece at tackle at 64. Um, but edge, I think you have some options, especially with the news today. David Ojabo, torn Achilles. Um, 64 is pretty far to fall from where we were projecting him. But, man, yeah. uh, he doesn't even have to play right away if the Broncos get him at 64 with recent moves and Malik Reed and Bradley Chubb already on the roster. Um, that would be a home run, in my opinion. Yeah. What, what yeah. do you think, Ray? That one's, uh, that one's a really good one. But no, I, I mean, I agree. I think you got to stay in the trenches. You got to take advantage of the offensive tackle depth and the edge depth. I think Abraham Lucas, the right tackle out of Washington State, could be very intriguing for the scheme. We saw him test really well at the combine. I think he's still kind of underrated, perform well at the senior bowl. We've talked about how his tape is some of the best against KT, Kayvon Thibodeau. Um, so he, to me, would be a slam dunk and addressing kind of one of your major remaining needs. I feel like if we were just going prioritizing needs, I might prefer an interior defensive lineman. So, you know, Leal would be really, really interesting. The Incredible. Texas A&M guy at the end of the second. DeMarvin, which shit, at this point doesn't even feel impossible. Like, Ojogbo, Leal, and Lucas all feel fairly realistic. Um, I would not be unhappy if you went with any of those three. Totally. I, I would. The, the one piece I'd add is that I'd still be very interested in the tight end. You know, if Trey McBride is still sitting there at 64, I think that well, what you have right now, you're good with, right? Like, if you run yes. Albert O out there with these other guys, it's like, yep, they can get the job done. But you're kind of piecemealing things together and – I want to say there's limited upside because Albert O is a freak, but in terms of your expectation, can you really expect that to be like a top half of the NFL tight ends group? No, you can't. And that's why if there's a Trey McBride sitting right there and he becomes like your every down tight end, 
You want to you wanna put Albert O next to him, go two tight ends and pass out of that, you can do it. You want to throw Beck out there. Like there, there's just so many options. And mm-hmm. I think that that to me is becoming, first of all, more likely. I think all those tight ends yeah. at the top will dig into it. There, there's some there's some subjectivity to the order right now. And, and I don't know that any of them are going to be going in the first round. So I, I like that. I, I, I like what you said about the interior defensive line too. And they're, you just need bodies at this point. Like they, they can address them. You know, they pick up Deshaun Williams, for example, but they, you rotate five guys into those three spots. Yeah. Like how <laughs> some you just need more guys and hopefully you can find some good ones in the draft would make some sense. Um, any, any okay. other big news? Oh yeah. Thoughts, Trey? No, another guy, the other position we haven't really mentioned is that fourth or fifth DB. I oh, am, yeah. I think there's some intrigue with what Stearns can do in more of a full-time role. There's some, you know, our guy is a Jamar Johnson out of Indiana, yeah. one of the yeah. leaders in college football and interceptions who I really like in kind of that nickel spot. I'm very intrigued by him being able to have uh, more snaps. And from what we heard on the Kareem Jackson interview, I think that was on NFL Network. It sounds like the team is in talks with him and might figure something out with him. Um but, you know, regardless, you, you still should be in the market for a third corner. You still should be in the market for maybe that added safety who can kind of be that nickel back for you. Um, we saw some of these safeties perform really well at the combine. It is a deeper cornerback group. And so I think that would be another position at the end of round two. And I mean, shit, we've seen it like this is not a front office that's going to shy away from drafting DBs again and again and again. Uh, so that definitely should be on our radar at the end of round two as well. Totally. And, yeah. and, you know, I didn't include it just cause they haven't addressed it yet, but to me, that DB is the, that is the biggest need on the team. Um, and again, like odds are you're going to wind up with Kareem Jackson or with Bryce Callahan or, or something like that. So you don't really need to panic, but as it stands right now, like more often than not, you are going to have Caden Stearns and Michael OJ Moody on the field which yeah. could work out just fine, but it could also not work out, in which case that'd be really disappointing in a division mm-hmm. with the quarterbacks that we've talked about. Um, and on top of that, if, if you do have your one injury, then where does that leave you? And so, yeah, I, they, they need to do something. And I think odds are Kareem's going to hold out and see if he can get a big deal. And, and late in free agency, he's going to wind up taking $5 million or something for the Broncos and come back. And, you know, Bryce Callahan, you got to move on from him at some point. The, the sooner, the better, in my opinion. But is it right now? Like, I just don't know that there's a better option. You know, you could you could pay more and go get like a Stephon Gilmore or something. But Bryce Callahan with those injuries, I don't want to touch it. On a one-year deal, though, to fill that slot need, it's probably your best option. You also got Kyle Fuller, who was on the roster, too. He's a free agent. Um, I know it was kind of not the best year for him, you know, after he was a, a notable acquisition, but uh, he's a guy familiar with the locker room. Uh, so you kind of look to him, but yeah, I agree. The, the need at second in the secondary is pretty massive. And then, I mean, yeah. Devonte Adams is in the division now guys, Devonte Adams, Tyree kill, uh, Keenan Allen, Juju just signed with the chiefs. Uh, you know, it, it's one of the drawbacks, I guess, of trading for Russ is now you don't pick that high. And these are the holes that don't really, uh, necessarily get completely filled uh you kind of have your fingers crossed a lot more here yeah it feels like in a in a hypothetical playoff series down the line 
uh, that need and right tackle are probably the ones that'll cost you the most when it's like, well, shit, they just couldn't block Chandler Jones, um, you know, and like, yeah, it makes sense. Chandler Jones just couldn't be blocked one-on-one by Calvin Anderson. Yep, checks out. Um, they just couldn't cover Keenan Allen. Like, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, you had Jamar Johnson on Keenan Allen. You got torched. Or Hunter Renfro. Like, yep, yep, sounds about right. Um, so those those are the big ones where, you know, again, modern football, pass D, run, uh, pass D and passing game, where you really got to address those and kind of feel a bit more comfortable than where you're at right now. Absolutely. Um, we've got a lot to talk about. We're going to dig into these tight ends. Uh, we're going we're gonna to dig into these wide receivers today. Hopefully we aren't going to take too long going through that, but there are a lot of players to talk about before we jump in though. want to remind you guys that if you're not a member of DMBR, you absolutely should be. Uh, there's a lot going on in the Broncos world right now. And Zach Stevens and Andrew Mason and all those guys, they're keeping you up to speed. So make sure that you're reading what they're writing. They have some great insights. And if you become a member, you get all sorts of other perks. You get to comment on podcasts and ask questions. You get to come down to the DMVR bar where I spent basically all of the last two days uh, just watching college basketball. And when you come down to the DMVR bar, you get a 24-ounce beer for the si- or the price of a 16-ounce beer. Uh, so many awesome reasons to become a member. So make sure that you get in on that. And also make sure that you use the DMVR promo code when you sign up with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. We've been making a bunch of money. Uh, last night, I actually had a same-game parlay hit with the, the Avs game. Um, it was a wild ride of a day. I feel like that's probably true for everybody who's betting on March Madness, but, but I had some massive wins. The biggest, though, was one that I didn't even see because I left the bar at, before the end of the Avs game. I, uh, uh-huh. I had the Avs to score the first goal, to score the last goal, for there to be over five and a half goals in the game, and for Kale McCarr to get a goal, plus 650, big old win to cap the night off. And now I get to make wow. more money today. DraftKings is the best sportsbook app. And like I said, sign up with that code DMVR so that you can get $200 if you hit a $5 bet on any college basketball game that's going on during this tournament. Again, you pick any game, you pick any team, just put $5 on them as a new user. You'll get $200 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DMVR. Bet $5 on any college hoops team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win with promo code DMVR this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right. Um, Boom. Let's get into these tight ends. Um, before, yeah. before, I guess we, we actually give our top five rankings, where do you think the Broncos are going to address the tight end position in the draft? Cause like I said, I think that there's a chance that they're going to be going after these very top guys. Um, I think they, I mean, if there's a top guy, uh, I mean, McBride, if he's there at 64, I, I, that's, that's easy to me. Um, I mean, it depends on who else is there, obviously, but getting him at 64, I think would be pretty, uh, pretty good. But, uh, day three. Uh, there's a few guys that I'm kind of looking at, and I think that that's where the value really kind of lies for the Broncos. Um, you know, they, like you mentioned earlier, they have Alberto, uh, they have kind of signed these role player guys. So it's not like this is a dying need, but I think if you get one more guy, especially one more receiving threat, you really round out the skill, uh, the skill court really well. 
Yeah, and I like that because I do think that, like, without the the top end talent, this really is a class that's built on the depth. There's a lot of really experienced guys. I think having that COVID year played into that a little bit, and because of that, everybody coming out is just one year bigger, one year stronger, and it, the tight end position. I think that that's really valuable. Um, let's just yes. jump in. I mean, top. Top five. It's a solid class. It's not top heavy. And this is that classic scheme where you can use a few different tight end types. And I mean, like, I don't need to tell Broncos fans who grew up on Shannon Sharp and like watching what Kubiak was doing with the Texans with Owen Wilson and guys like uh, Owen Daniel, sorry. And guys Owen like Wilson. that. <laughs> um, yeah, well, Wilson, yikes. Um, so yeah, definitely feels like this is the kind of scheme that could maximize a few uh, unheralded gems that you can find in day three and beyond. Also like some sneaky, good receiving mismatch factors. Maybe not like the most dynamic dudes in the world, but some intriguing mismatch guys who H back flex out can do some things for you. Definitely. We're starting here. Should we go through our number fives first? We could. We could. Let's do our number fives. Who's the fifth best tight end, Dre? Start us off, Jake. Start us off. I want you to go first. Uh, all right. Um, I'm going to go with my guy, uh, Charlie Kohler, out of Iowa State. Um, someone who I feel like he's kind of really lost some steam. I mean, coming into this year, he was one of the notable guys at tight end that we really talked about. And just we don't talk about him anymore. It's kind yeah. of strange to me, honestly, because he really did have a pretty decent year. Um, you know, I know Brock Purdy isn't the best quarterback in every, all that, but, I mean, Charlie Kohler comes out this year, 62 receptions, 756 yards, six touchdowns. Um, he's a big bodied guy. Uh, I don't have the measurements in front of me right now, but he's really good with his hands. He's 6'6, 252, um, excellent size and length. You know, he's someone that I think with that, those uh, measurements and the way he plays the game, I really like his hands. Uh, I do think he will, the NFL will like him a lot more than we see some of these projections. He's a guy that I definitely have circled, uh, maybe third round or top of day three for the Broncos. Uh, a big target like that is what is kind of what you're missing now without fan, I guess. I mean, you do have all the row, like I said, but if you ever want to play any 12 personnel or anything like that, you get one of these guys like Charlie Kohler and you're off and running. Yeah, that's a good one. And to be honest, like I've, you make me feel worse about my list because I didn't include yep. it. Like I, I think that you made a really good case, especially because he's one of those guys who like he, he can do everything. And, and that's, that's what you're looking for in a tight end is somebody who you put out there on every down and say like, oh, this is who we want out there. I think that's kind of what the Bronx has been missing is it's like, ah, oh, well, no offense out there. Hopefully they throw the ball because if they run the ball, it's not going to work all the way. And I think when you look at the top guys, you really do have to go with the ones who, who can catch and can block. And, and especially a guy who comes out of Iowa State at that size, it's just so easy to see him fitting in and being a good player. I co-sign all of that. And you're right. Um... I think that was spot on and it kind of makes me feel like Kolar at five is too low for me. But then again, I mean, by putting him at five, I'm excluding like some, some big time dudes, Jake Ferguson. Uh, what is it? Rockert uh, out of Rockert, Jeremy Rucker out of Ohio state. You have uh, the kid from Virginia, Jelaine Woods, who absolutely blew up the combine. All these guys are out of my top five. Kolar is the classic, like checks off all boxes. Does he get me super excited about any of those? No, not necessarily, but I think he could be a solid starter at the position for several years. 
Yeah. Who's your number five, Dre? No, that's Kolar. Oh, it is Kolar. Oh, okay. Um, my number five, I've got Dolcich, uh, Greg Dolcich from uh, UCLA. Love him. He's been a bit of a riser. I think that, you know, he, he might not be the most versatile of all the players. I'm, I'm not sure that he's somebody you want to line up and run behind. At the same time, though, like he does really good work over the middle of the field. He gets open. He catches balls. And on top of that, he has the athleticism to, to kind of stretch that seam on top of that as well. Um, I, I, what I really like going back and watching, honestly, was how he worked with, uh, with Kyle Phillips, who we'll, we'll talk about a little bit more later. But, but there's just something about like those tight end slot receiver combinations that can just be so much fun. Like that's, that's what scares me so much about the Chiefs with Juju and Travis Kelsey, where it's just like those two are going to open each other up in the middle. And I think that Dulcich can be a part of that sort of situation. Um, you know, not the biggest guy, not the biggest guy. I guess that probably stands out, but that factors more into the, the blocking game and the deficiencies there. I just think he's an, enough of a receiver that I'm okay with it. Uh, he's a seam stretcher. Mm-hmm. Should we should we just get our Dulcich takes out then? Yeah, I've got him higher. Have them? Yeah, me too. So I've got him at a tight end three. Yeah, um, I do. I do like him. I like his athleticism, like you said. I think he's really quick uh, getting out of the blocks and getting downfield, um, which I think is probably one of his best traits. He looks good running in the open field too. Um, I think when I profile him, I look at a traditional why. I didn't think his blocking was a liability. I thought it was just overall decent. Uh, something that can be worked on mm-hmm. uh, DTR guys. Oh my gosh. He was bad. Um, it, it's, it's rough. Cause Dulcich was open so many times down the field. Yeah. And then i uh, kind of getting off topic here, but man, Charbonnet is such a beast. My God. That was a fun offense. It like was DTR offense. was chaos, but the rest of it. And that, honestly, chaos is kind of what made it so fun. Oh, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. He's, um, He's third for me too. He's really like three A over Cole Turner's three B. Um, so there you go. Spoiler: that's my four. Um, they're both, you know, like uh, receiving tight end mavens. Um, I feel like Dulcich has a bit more of a natural fit in an NFL system compared to Turner, who's more of an air raid flexed out product. But I like both of them. I think they're both like uh, seam stretchers who I feel comfortable. Uh, flexing out in the slot and kind of uh, you know picking and choosing some mismatches I think there's some red zone ability there Um, Isaiah likely is kind of another guy who fits into that mold uh, out of coastal Um, and he's another exclusion for me out of the top five but a guy I'd be very intrigued by with the Broncos just like I'd be intrigued by those uh, big 10 blocking tight ends like Ferguson and Rucker uh, later on for Denver as well um but yeah, I, I like Dulcich. Dulcich is a guy I liked all year. He's a guy I liked at the senior bowl. And then he, he put up some impressive numbers at the combine. Um, I'm blanking on who that other receiving UCLA tight end that came out a couple years back, who I was high on was, and he's mm-hmm. kind of had injuries and not fully panned out. I can see Jake. Jake's yeah, kind of got, Oh, what's his name? Yeah. But I mean, it'll come to us, but yeah. Uh, so that concerns me a little bit, but uh, yeah. He's a decent piece. I wouldn't I wouldn't commit more than like a top 80 pick to him, I don't think. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, you guys want to hit your fours now? Yeah, I put Isaiah Likely there. Um, I honestly kind of didn't really know what to think of him. Uh, just watching these small school guys sometimes, it's really tough. Um, he has obvious ability in the passing game. 
uh, shows good speed and just ability to kind of find his way after the catch. Um, works to get open after the initial route. He's not the best route runner, though. Um, I like how he runs the scramble drill, though, and the limited uh, chances I saw in that. Uh, as a blocker, he was fine. Um, again, kind of tough to really gauge how he is in that department because it's the Sun Belt. Uh, I don't want to put too much stock into when he kind of flattens a guy that's, you know, going to be selling insurance or, you know, working in a completely different industry in a few months. Um, so overall, I project him as a Y, uh, but then could definitely see him as a big slot type of guy, um, you know, would fit this offense in that role, just kind of playing a big slot um, and being a receiver. Uh, let the blocking kind of just be what it is for now and kind of have that come along. Um, but he's something you can work with. Yeah, I, I've got him up a little bit higher on mine, um, but but I agree. I mean, I, I think that the the pass catching ability, though, the ability to get open, that's valuable enough that I'm willing to overlook the deficiencies. Yeah. Um, it, it, I'll also say that scares me is coming from Coastal Carolina. Um, and, and that maybe isn't the, the smartest thing to say, but you just have questions where you're like, ah, hey, you're not really a blocker and you're blocking these guys. What happens when you get to the next level? And, and there's also the part where if he had been playing at Ohio State or Wisconsin or whatever, he'd be eating more and lifting more and all that sort of stuff. And who knows what difference that makes. But I, I do. I have him as number three. I guess I might as well spoil it at this point. He's just so fast. He's so fast. He gets what? open. You broke. You got him at three. Up a little bit. Let's see. Oh, three. Okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I just barely excluded him. Sounds like you guys maybe were forced to exclude Cole Turner then. Mm-hmm. Um, well, shit. You you mentioned him, Dre, and now you got me thinking. I was like, man, did I really underrate Cole Turner? Because I was going to mention him as a guy that I really like. Day three. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, uh, do you want my Cole Turner thoughts, I guess? No, sure. on, let me get my likely versus Cole Turner thoughts out first. I honestly think it's a toughie where I I was torn between do I endorse Isaiah likely and maybe as our backup, he's a bit Andrew Beckish where we can use him at H-back. Uh, head of steam out the backfield can help him as a blocker, you know, instead of just being in line. Then you can find some creative ways to get him out, use that speed, use that shiftiness a little bit. Um, Cole Turner, on the other hand, a lot of times is going to be a glorified wide receiver and you're going to have to flex him out and what have you. Just think Turner as a pure pass catcher, as a red zone target, has a bit more uh, dynamicism and juice that I'm that I'm willing to endorse and believe in and buy into and yeah, okay, those that that uh, eleven personnel is gonna feel a lot more like a four wide mostly if Turner's my tight end versus someone else. I can live with that though. I can live with that, and I feel like that's gonna be an easier scheme adjustment for me than finding spots for likely to work out as an H back. And you know, he, he can be flexed out too. But as a flex, I I totally like Turner more. So that's where we're at. That's why he's my four. And part of that's just got to be comfortability, right? Like you're coming out of that area scheme. Like he's spending so much time doing that. Um, when we're talking about Isaiah likely, sometimes we're asking him to do some different things. Whereas Cole Turner, it's like, yeah, just do what you did in college and we'll make it work. Even if it isn't, isn't a perfect fit. Right. Yeah. Isn't ideal Cole Turner, for tight end. Cole Turner as a receiver is super, super intriguing. He makes some incredible catches. His body control catch radius are, you know, plus traits. I think, um, yeah. 
But yeah, like you said, Dre, that's that's really what you're getting. That's it. You're not going to get a guy that's going to contribute in the blocking game. That's I, I don't know. Maybe I kind of uh, undervalued his receiving ability and overvalued the blocking stuff because he really was special at times uh, catching the football, and he stood out to me. Uh, you know, watching him throughout the year. So uh, I don't know. I, I'm kind of regretting not having him in the list it, now. It's a big ish body. He's no Gronk, but like. You know, he's coming from the air raid. Like, we can coach blocking, yeah? We can, in a zone scheme, we can teach him how to angle block and cut someone off and cut block. Yeah. And yeah. We can figure that out. be Robert so, Gronkowski, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, it, it's all about what are you willing to accept and what are you willing to, like, you know, what what are you endorsing to kind of allow you to accept the the downfall. So, we're, we're three deep, Henry. You've got some catching up to do, though. I guess yeah. likely was your third. Yeah. You're leaving us hanging on your fourth. My fourth, I went with Jeremy Rucker from Ohio State. Mm. Again, like he, he's just a do it all tight end. Maybe not quite so flashy in the passing game. Yeah. Um, but the big, he likes to block. He's good at it. And in the passing game, like he does have good hands. Like he's made some plays. Like there's some one handed catches out there that you look at and you're like, oh, wow. Wait, who is this guy? You know, he doesn't get all that many targets because it's Ohio State and they run the spread and they just fling the rock around to all these crazy receivers. So, of course, he doesn't get that many targets. But where he does get the targets is in the red zone. And he's really, really good in the red zone. And so I'm willing to bet on the fact that, that he's, he's a good blocker and on the fact that he's a great red zone target. And if he can figure out how to work the middle of the field a little bit better or, I mean, just keep potentially keep doing what he's doing in an offense that's more willing to accept a five-yard pass over the middle, then I really think that things could open up for him. I think that, that he has pretty high upside. Um, maybe not because of necessarily all the physical traits, although he is a really big dude, and that, that counts for something. But just the hands and some of the catch radius plays, um, on top of the blocking, I, I'll, I like it. I like it. I like that combination. I liked Rucker. Um, I just thought he was a solid player. It's like nothing flashy. He's just like solid in all departments. Um, I'm I'm intrigued kind of by his versatility. I think he can play kind of H and Y. Um, and in the receiving game, he's fine. Um, he does look – I did actually come away kind of impressed how he ran in the open field. He's the guy that – he's the definition of the – if the Broncos took him day three, I wouldn't be upset. It would, like, kind of make me peek my eye up a bit. I get a little bit excited for sure. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I wouldn't be upset if they picked him. You could buy into it. Um Man, he I just I've just done this too long. Um, and Jeff Howerman and Nick Finette, and I know like they all check off all the boxes. It's all like, man, they're massive, man. They look pretty good when they run in the open field. Shit, he ran faster than I thought. Then what do they have to show for it in the NFL? They become very like average replacement level players, you know. Um, and that's not, I mean. I am doing the thing we hate the most. I am helmet scouting. I am like, you know, uh, but that has been the same scheme for a gajillion years. And that role has played out the same. And these guys all seem more intriguing and like, oh man, there's some untapped stuff from college and it doesn't quite work out. And I mean, you can extend it to some other big 10 tight ends. Like, I feel like it's a very big 10 tight endy thing. It's not even just Ohio state. Um, so yeah, again, third, totally fine with it. There are guys with juice in uh, like all other areas who just have me more intrigued though. And that's known. I mean, you, he could very easily be like better than Watermeyer and that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's fair. I just like the, the honestly, it might have been just kind of overcompensation or having likely and Dulcic in there. It's like I gotta get somebody who can block, somebody who can actually play the position. Otherwise, I'm just going after all these speed guys. Right. You got a little soft west coast on us. So you had to you had to <laughs> yep. get get Midwest on us for a sec. Hand, <laughs> yeah. in, the, hand in the dirt. Um, you guys went through your number threes, right? Yep. yep. Okay. Yep. So mine three was likely. So we've been through all those. So number yep. twos. So Dulcich now we're all down player. to McBride or Weidemeyer, right? Yes. This is yes, gonna be fun. Are. Yes, we are. Um, I've got Weidemeyer too. Is everybody else? Same as I do. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay. Consensus at the top. I love there it. There you go. You love uh, it. Let's talk about Weidemeyer first, then. Who wants to start? Uh, let me start. This is my guy. Um I I've been intrigued by him because of the length, because of the size. Mm-hmm. He shows the receiving ability. Um, fluid has some tricks in his bag to evade tacklers downfield. Um, he doesn't have much sand in the pants, so I don't really like him as a blocker. He's like the, he's like Evan Ingram. He's that ideal, just like slot, big kind of receiving tight end. Um, and just, he, he really struggled because of the quarterback play. They had the guy that got hurt, I think after the Colorado game last year, and then they had Calzada in there who was, uh, not very good. And then, you know, Kellen Mond at times had would flash, but he wasn't really good. They didn't really have any uh, other receiving threats at AM too. So it really kind of was the Watermeyer Spiller show. Um, so, you know, attention was being kind of drawn to both of those guys. I just think that the potential as a receiving tight end or as a big slot is really untapped with him. I think once he gets with an NFL quarterback or in an offense that more kind of fits his skill set, that he's going to see an ascension of some sorts. In yeah. a class with a lot of nice dudes, with a lot of boxes checked, he's the guy who feels like he's got the most dynamicism and um, just untapped potential. So totally. that's, I, I don't know that there's a ton more to say. I thought Jake um, framed that well. And I mean, Hank, you got to see this guy live. Like you guys have both been pretty high on these dudes for a minute. Um, honestly, end of round two, that's like Texas A&M Central. Like they're, they're like yeah. five dudes with the mega upside out of that program who like somehow, some way they slip to there. I'm happy to sign off. on. Happy. Yep. The only thing I'd add with Weidemeyer is he's such a big dude. Like he is so big. And I know that that doesn't mean you can block, but at least I do think that there's a chance that he could figure it out. Like when you were just built like that and it didn't work with Ebron and it didn't work with, Fant. Fant. Yeah, it didn't work with any of those guys. But you just see him. It's like, how can you not block? Totally, man. He got his ass whooped by Will Anderson in the trenches. If you guys watched the Alabama game, it wasn't close. Yeah. Which, I mean, Will Anderson. True. Right. Exactly. That, yeah. But still, like, it was, it, you're going to go against a lot more Will Anderson type guys in the NFL if you're blocking on the edge. So, and the AFC West, especially. Um, No, 100%. 100%. It is, man, a lot of these guys feel like a ghost of tight ends past, you know? Um, <laughs> like, uh, yeah, he feels like he could be a little OJ Howardy, who is way more productive. But yeah, you're right. They're those guys where it's like, so big, such an athlete. How can this dude not turn into a great blocker? Um, more often than not, it doesn't work out that way. But super intrigued by his upside, no doubt about it. And I think oh. last, 
what the 2020 tape is way more intriguing than 21. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Healthier offense. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we all have Trey McBride as a better blocker. How do you feel Trey McBride compares as a receiver to Weidemeyer? It's kind of different, honestly. I think yeah, Trey is a bit more, he's, a, I don't want to say more technical, but I think yeah. he kind of, uh, I guess, yeah, he's a bit more technical in his routes, kind of works in the blind spots more. Mm-hmm. I think that he is more confident. Um, in his ability as a receiver than Wattemeyer, I think that Trey, I mean, he showed his ability to kind of just really put CSU on his back and carry them as a tight end. That's just insanely impressive too. Um, You know, I keep, I cannot get that Iowa game out of my head uh, from this year. He was just special. And I mean, you know, there were some breaks that really went CSU's way that kept them in that game throughout the second half. But it was Trey McBride that really kind of kept them in that game. He was the one moving the chains, making the big plays on offense. And if he is surrounded by similar talent in the NFL, which he obviously will be, and if it's in Denver, it's a very exciting combination, I think, especially with Russ. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I also think that that catch radius is what really stands out. You know, if, if you put the ball anywhere near him, and it, honestly, it reminds me kind of a George Kittle. Or just like the ability to reach out and just like, yep, caught it. Yep, caught yeah. it everywhere. And that's a massive comp to make. And obviously there's other traits that are different. But I, I do think that that catch radius, it's just really easy to get excited about. I mean, on top of that, he checks all the boxes. Like he blocks, he does all those sorts of things. And so it's just when you have that upside as a receiver and you can block, I mean, that's, that's what you need to have to be a, a tight end one. And, and that's why he is to me. I think the big question with him is going to be margins, something we talk about all the time um, with traits, right? Is the elite traits give you extra margins. Um, so when a play's blown, you've got that athleticism or if you've got that size to bounce off a tackle that is going to allow you to make an extra play. Um, with him being undersized, you do wonder how much are you, ma- how much is he maxed out already? Um, his body positioning is what really stands out to me on top of the technical skills yeah. and what you guys were talking about with the contested stuff. I mean, you know, outside of Cole Turner and the Ohio State kid, every tight end we'll have talked about gets like a good 90 seconds of how qu- crappy their quarterback was and what a great excuse that is. Um, Trey McBride by a mile is the guy who played with the worst quarterbacks of out of any of this group. I mean, uh, it, really a triple option quarterback and that's no, no insult to Todd Santale, but that is what he comes from. Um, and for him to be so productive, I just think in the flow of more of a West coast offense where he can run his routes and get the ball on time and really excel with that positioning, he could, um, and when I squint, I do see a Kittle with maybe some decreased margins. Uh, Kittle's just such such a madman, and it really, really helps him as far as a blocker and contested cat- pass catcher. Now, it also hurts him because he's dude's been injured a lot. And I also squint at times, and I see some uh, um, some Kyle Juszczyk, a guy who could kind of be a pretty dynamic and special H-back. That combination of the two maybe bastardizes the product a little bit. But I think you will have maybe he'll never end up being a special top five in the league tight end. But I think he'll be a pretty consistent top 10 dude who could fill 
an Owen Daniels, Dallas Clark type role for several years in the NFL as one of the better receiving tight ends. You had 90 receptions, uh, 1,121 yards, only one touchdown. But 90 receptions for 1,121 yards is outrageous for a tight end, even in the Mountain West. Um, it just shows how much he carried his, this offense. And as you said, Dre, uh, Centeo limited in some in more areas than some, I should say. Uh, but he did find him often, and he knew that Trey McBride was the safety blanket and that's just really going to be him, I think, at the next level. Just someone who's a safety blanket. He's going to kind of be like a walking, like, four receptions for 50 yards almost every game, it feels like. Yeah. Who doesn't want that? Um, I want it. That, I mean, there's all these zone-blocking schemes where I think he really fits well, you know. Um, so there's just a lot of homes for him to kind of excel, which I like. Totally. Um, let's, uh, let's run through some of these other guys we did get a chance to talk to or talk about. Um, we can do it really quickly because we're running out of time, but there's some other tight ends out there. I'll, I'll start it off. I'll throw, uh, Oh, how about Brant Keithy? This is kind of a deep cut, but Utah, Utah's tight end. He kind of got passed up on the depth chart this year. Um, love him. Yes. Yes. And because of that, I think he's a lot farther than we expected. A little bit undersized, um, solid receiver, uh, but but I I really like the way he blocks as well. So I think that when he when he does block and he can provide a little bit of, of stuff across the middle, um, maybe some versatility too. You know, potentially play him in that H back or even fullback type of role. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's one who's kind of gotten forgotten this season. Uh, yeah, um, I like. We'll do our favorite sleeper. Okay, to not to not go too crazy. Big Grand Calcaterra guy here, uh, the former Oklahoma standout, right? Uh, Like the dynamic wide receiver in the country. Gosh, dating like two years back and um, medically retires for a minute and then uh, goes to SMU and plays better. I think his stock has dropped off. There are some concerns as far as will he ever get back to that peak he was at as a sooner, but if he does, he's, I mean, easily in front of likely for me and right there with Cole Turner as the top receiving tight end in the class, you know, obviously McBride and Watermeyer in that mix as well um, with Dulcich. So Grant Calcaterra would be a guy I'd be very excited uh, to pull the plug on on day three. My guy that I'm going to mention is Trey Berry out of Boston College. He's a guy, you're not going to find a lot of tape on him, but he's a graduate transfer from Jacksonville State. He had 33 receptions for 534 yards and touchdown as a senior at Jacksonville State. Uh, comes over to Boston College. Obviously, the Phil Dracovic injury kind of hamstrung yes. that offense and really limited their potential. Um, so he, I mean, he finished the year 21 receptions, 362 yards, four touchdowns. Um, I'm kind of burying the lead. He's just a massive frame. Uh, he's listed at 6'6", 244. Some listings have him bigger than that, and he is an imposing body on film. Just someone, I think, with that body, uh, he does have some receiving ability, and he's got a pretty impressive highlight where he hurdled and ran like 60 yards um, in an earlier game last year. So he's just someone that I'm going to be intrigued by. I love those dudes. It's always – tight end is always the big-ass athlete who can be developed – 
or the the guy we're kind of gambling on like some injuries and underperformance in college. So we Kuthi, Calcaterra, and Barry, we've we've covered all three. So uh beautiful. We sure have. And you know what else has you covered? Ripple has you covered. It's a fast Boom. acting dissolvable. It's clinically proven to hit two times faster than the leading gummy. It starts absorbing within 10 minutes. So you can depend on a consistent experience every single time. And with Ripple Dissolvables, you can make anything an edible. It's just a flavorless dissolvable powder. You just put it on whatever, put it in whatever, and it winds up giving you that consistent high. Uh, Ripple Quick Sticks are the most convenient way to get the fastest THC because you can just pour them on your tongue if you want. Uh, they come in a variety of different doses, so it depends on what you're looking for. So many different options. You can find them all at Colorado's premier dispensary, Lightshade. They have 11 convenient Denver Metro and Aurora locations. They offer something for everyone from the casual consumer to the connoisseur. And they have a premium selection of cannabis concentrates, top shelf flour, edibles, tinctures, accessories, and more. Plus, since you are listening to this podcast, you can get 25% off all non-sale items with the code DNBR. Shop online at lightshade.com for pickup or visit a Lightshade location near you. All right. Uh, Beautiful. Wrapping things up here with the receivers, and there are a lot of them, so we probably shouldn't waste too much time. Let's just jump in. Uh, let's let's do top fives again, and let's just start at number five like we did before. You want to go first, Jake? Hell yeah. Um, Sky Moore, number five for me, wide receiver out of Western Michigan. I wow. loved watching this guy. I loved watching this guy. He ran, what did he run in the 40? It was a pretty damn good number. Awesome. It was way up there. Four four one. When I watch him, though, I cannot help but see Hunter Renfro, like a more just like wound up Hunter Renfro because he has obvious burst off the line. He's able to win deep with his speed, but he's just got that Hunter Renfro ability to, you know, sacrifice his body, really lay out for the football. Um, he's going to play in the slot. He's not a very big guy. Uh, the measurements are oh my god sorry page is loading 510 195 so he's a little he's not he's not small he's it's a decent size i think uh some good jumps three cone at 7.13 so he's a slot guy and you know you're not kind of hoping him to go out on the outside and go up with ps2 or anything um but he's just a guy that i think he's going to be a really good pro yeah uh this class is filled with slot receivers there's so many slot receivers, yeah. even up at the top, like, like half of my top five guys, I feel like I would just put in the slot and sky more fits that mold. Uh, what you're really looking for though, the guys that separate themselves are those speed slot receivers, the guys who can get open underneath and catch and traffic and do that sort of stuff, but also rip the seam apart. And that's really what stands out for somebody like sky more. You know, you look at the way the Broncos are built um, with Sutton and with Judy and all those guys, you put sky more in the slot there and let him just, stretch the field from the middle take the top off then open up all that space in the middle for Sutton and Judy I love that I love it um he's outside Damn. my top five though I'll say that that's a heater get get us a round <laughs> grade Jake I'm I'm shook right now this class is so loaded that to put someone like Sky Moore in the top five is a statement and I respect well, the hell out of it yep we'll we'll get to it I've got a round two grade on him I've kind of broken it up into tiers I Ooh. guess um so it's he's just that speed man I think the speed and the ability to really just sell out for the football that's something that a team's going to see and really buy in on 
Yeah. I mean, productive speedy receiver. That's a type. Keep it, keep it, keep the heat coming. Who's your number five, Dre? Uh, Traylon Burks. I, 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 um, yeah, I got to go with him. Combine's obviously disappointing. I don't think he can carry around around one grade. And the conversation with him and Pickens is razor thin. George Pickens, massive wide receiver out of Georgia. Um, so, yeah, the Combine's disappointing from Burks. The 40 stuff isn't too, too, too concerning. As I've mentioned, like he ran exactly what Alvin Kamara and Debo Samuel ran. Um, so, whatever. Like we we've seen this before. Um, what sells me on him beyond the big body and the tape is the fact that um, there's a lot of contact balance from him, a skill that I really value a ton, probably the best yak weapon in the class. I don't think that's necessarily a hot take. Um, and also just contested ball catching. I, I like that. And that's an important skill. And I do see a smidge too many drops from some of these other dudes. So that's what gets them into the top five, but bloodbath, absolute wide receivers getting murdered and throwing haymakers to make it into this top five. Burke's a <laughs> major job to survive and get in. Yep. I, I, uh, I don't have Burks in my top five. He's just outside, but I have Pickens at number five, just like you were talking about. Nice. Um, he's coming off that injury to play like he played is so impressive. I think that there's a good chance that he, is just the best receiver in this class and didn't get a chance to show it. Um, and, and, you know, this is a weird one because you have what I think are three of the best receivers in, in Pickens, Jamison Williams, and Justin Ross too, who have serious huh. injury narratives going along that, that affect how they, how they fit in here. And yeah. I, I think that Pickens is just so talented, so long. Um, just that it's, he's that modern mold of receiver. Like, like you see those just big, wiry, skinny guys that are coming out now. You know, Jerry Judy's kind of built like that, even though he isn't so big. You know, C.D. Lamb kind of has some of that sort of stuff. And I think Pickens is kind of in that C.D. Lamb mold. And uh, I, I, I'm pretty Mike fired Williams-y. up about it. To me, he's very Mike Williams. Okay. And you yeah, love that he's already over the injury. Um, yeah. I, if Pickens turns out to be the best of the bunch, I'm not surprised in the slightest. Totally. Uh, uh, I want to talk about both of those guys. Um, I'll just say real quick. I got I had Burks just outside the top five at six. Um, he's a guy I've been seeing a lot of AJ Brown comps to him, which personally I really mm-hmm. don't agree with. I can kind of see it because he's kind of that guy that, you know, yeah. in a play action passing game, he's gonna be just running across the middle, right? And you're just hoping to hit him in stride on a crosser, which is what AJ Brown is known for in the NFL. But AJ Brown coming out really impressed me with his route running for being that big. And I just don't see that with Traylon Burks. So that's, I guess that's probably why I'm a little bit lower on Traylon Burks. I do kind of see what you're talking about, Dre. I mean, he's just a guy that get him in an offense, design some plays for him and just give him the ball and see what happens. Um, Pickens I've got down at eight, uh, just because the injury stuff, you don't really know a lot. I mean, his best year was as a freshman in 2019. Um, You know, 2020 wasn't really good. They did. They struggled with quarterback at Georgia in 2020. And then obviously the ACL kind of, you know, ruined what should have been a big year. So uh, just, just a little bit of an unknown. He's a guy I think the NFL is going to love because they have, yeah. they'll have way more information than we do. Uh, wouldn't surprise me to see him go much higher than we're thinking. 
Uh, number four. Love it. I've got Jamison Williams at number four. Me too. Mm. Nice. Um, you know, the speed, obviously. Yeah, just the ACL and – you know, he does have the speed, which is, I mean, we talk about the speed guys all the time. He kind of reminds me of Jalen Mata a little bit, not to, I hate kind of doing the same school comp, um, but you know, he does have some of that play strength and ability to play above oh, yeah. the rim. Um, he'll go get the ball. Uh, I don't know though. Can he be that wide receiver one? Can he be that linchpin in your receiving core? That's kind of my doubt with him. Um, the speed is obviously there. Uh, there was a great battle with him and Roger McCreary in the Iron Bowl. It was very fun to watch. McCreary actually kind of handled his speed really nicely. Yeah. Um, but he's I like him. It's just – I don't know how – you can't really build an offense around him, I think, is the thing. I, he's another one of these slot receivers. I, I think that he's another one who I look at and say, if I could put him anywhere, I'd prefer him in the slot. Now, he could probably play outside too. He could, I mean, he could definitely play outside too, but – I, I mean, he's, he's really good. And the reason I don't have him up higher is probably just because of the ACL. I, I don't know. Cause I don't think I could put him in front of Drake London. I do think I'd have these three guys in front of him. So the, the, the injury is there, I guess maybe the injury just provides a little bit more separate takes, it takes a little bit of sexiness out, right? Because he's going to take so long to get back. And you've seen some of these receivers the last couple of years, it's been hit or miss. You have, you have some of the, the Jamar chases who step in and they're really good. You also have a Jerry Judy who's taken a little bit of time to get his legs under him. And, and, and I think just because of that, having the, the, the injury that's going to take away the offseason, take away um, – I guess he should be good, good to go, I guess, before the season starts. I don't know what it, the time is. But it the, was I, a late ACL tear, so you're, very late. you're kind of hoping, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I guess he does miss time. I, that, that scares me a little bit, and especially for one of these guys – and those Bama receivers, like they have a type, there's a type that they recruit. Like it can feel lazy to make the comp, but they have those like kind of skinny little lower halves and they're twitchy and, and route are great route runners because of it. Um, the ACL does provide just a little bit of a concern there too. Well, sure. I mean, it, you're buying into his speed. That's the number one trait. Mm -hmm. Um, to me, he's wide receiver one if he's healthy, though, and he's wide receiver two for me. I cannot get that Georgia game out of my head. Um, he, yeah, I, the, to turn the corner and make that defense look so human was just insane. You're right, he's probably not a true one, but he can be the most dynamic mismatch in an offense that everyone else is able to find space and play off of um i just there's there's just more dynamicism and pop to him even than garrett wilson even than chris olave to me so he's wide receiver two for me i love williams i absolutely love the kid for for me with jameson like i kind of mentioned Jalen waddle and henry mentioned it too that alabama kind of has this type and it's it's yeah, just hard rugs. for me, I think, to get super – rugs too. It's hard for me to get super excited about Jameson when I feel like I liked rugs and I liked Waddle, Waddle a lot more, um, and I felt a lot better about their – just Jameson, I, I don't know if this is a, a good kind of point, but he kind of ran from the Ohio State. You, you know what I mean? Like, if you can't get on the field with when Wilson and Olave are there, you know, that's – 
I mean, he was on the field, but it's just he had to leave and he did produce. I'm not saying that it's a negative thing, but it's just that that kind of just I wrote that down for sure, though. Like Waddle just just well. Like what? I mean, I just point out that Jalen Waddle had a thousand fifteen receiving yards and one hundred and four receptions as a rookie. Right. Um, For sure. Very close to breaking some rookie records with not a great offense and not a great quarterback. So. Totally. If the Waddle comp is what's scaring us off, I would I would ease up because he's looking all right early on in in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Look, but uh, I hear you guys. Totally. Look, There's like just I a said, lot of good had, receivers. Exactly. There's a lot of good receivers. Like I said, I've got tiers. So at the, at, when we finish this, I can kind of get into the tiers and explain myself a bit more. I think because I did struggle placing Jameson with. Drake London, uh, who I had at three. I don't know. Sorry if I'm getting yeah. ahead there. But yeah. My top four all carry a first-round grade. My fourth right. guy is Garrett Wilson, a guy I really like um, and was actually wide receiver one for me coming into the season because he's got that dynamicism. But I'll kind of give you the same concerns you guys have about Jameson. Is like he's not a wide receiver one in your offense. He's a nice weapon. Um, but he's going to have to play off of other nice weapons than really be the straw that stirs the drink. I think in his like perfect form, he's Antonio Brown basically without the off field stuff and a little more size and pedigree to him. Certainly coming into the league. I get that. Um, I think he can be a really nice weapon. And I mean, I am scared off by these super, explosive passing games with nothing but NFL wide receivers. That to me is a bigger lesson from the last couple years of Bama than like being weary of speedy wide receivers coming out of Bama is be careful with these three wide top 15 picks at wide receiver, because it's not a super smooth eval. Wilson's finding just a ton of space off everything else that offense has to offer. Obviously, he's a beast. He's as twitched up as anyone. You can move him around. I like him ball, uh, you know, even on some direct handoffs, he can be special. But um, and again, he carries a first round grade, but he is fourth for me just behind all these other guys. And we'll get into why the other guys are ahead. The drops too scared me a little bit. He was my number one. He was my number one. Um, and it was close. And you guys can probably imagine what this list looks like at this point. But again, I, I, the difference between him and first of all, the difference between him and Jamison Williams to me is just the injury. Uh, I think that that's the separator there. Um, I just think that he's another one of these guys. I mean, another guy who probably fits best in the slot, like all, all these receivers. And maybe that's just how receivers work nowadays. It's like, yeah, probably best in the slot. Maybe everybody's just best in the slot now, but I think he uh, he's fast. He catches the ball and runs with it. He, you can, you can do some of the gadgety type stuff with him too. Um, and, and there's just the production. And I mean, obviously the route running is what really makes him him. And that combined with the speed just makes him such a tough cover. Um, he's my number one, but again, like if you wanted to take, if, if you want to take Traylon Burks one, I, I, I couldn't complain too much about that. Uh, since we're on him. Yeah. I had Garrett Wilson at one. Also, I think that mm. he kind of reminded me of Justin Jefferson, actually watching him just with, with how he is at the top of his routes, just so sudden and deceptive. Um, he, he was an absolutely lethal double move route runner. Um, yeah. When he was running double moves, man, it was, it was game over for whoever was covering him. Um, just really works his routes. Well, they're not telegraphed. Um, he work, works in the bo- blind spots. 
Um, he has the speed to act as a deep threat, but yeah, he short and intermediate is his yeah. sweet spot. So I can definitely see why you would have him a little bit lower just because of that. Um, and like Hank said too, I think he, he's listed at six foot one eighty three. So you got kind of have to put him in the slot, even though I don't think he necessarily profiles that way. Um, I think that that's his best route to immediate success early on. I just, I get so excited about his route running though. I think that's the thing yeah. that really sold me on him. Um, again, Justin Jefferson vibes for sure. Just at the top of the route. I always thought that was Justin Jefferson's best thing coming out of LSU is at the top of the route. You had no idea where he was going. I get that mm-hmm. same vibe from Garrett Wilson. Just smaller though. Yeah. Right. Who would your threes be then? Yeah. Uh, number threes, uh, Jake and I both have Drake London. Um, to me, he was wow. Drake London was my number one all the way through. But then you just Same. I talked about this a little bit in the last couple of podcasts, but then you see Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave run and you remember what they've been doing for a couple of years now. It's like, are you really not going to bet on those two guys after what we know? I, I I feel like I might have gotten a little caught up in the Drake London moment. And while I still think he's a great prospect, again, any any one of these guys you want to take first, I could get behind it. But to me, I mean, the, the, the difference, of course, is the lack of separation. I think that that makes it a little bit tougher. But at the same time, like the reason he is in the top three is because he's, he's freaking massive. He's, he's six foot five and, and just a generally big guy. Uh, he, he's a two sport athlete in college. Like he was on USC's basketball team through, throughout his entire time there, I believe. Um, just, just has the hands, the, the catch radius, uh, the, the big playability. Like he can go up and get balls against everybody. I think that there's a good chance that at some point in his career, he's the best jump ball wide receiver in the NFL. Um, just freakish in that way, you know, used him in the slot quite a bit too. Um, not so much later on. I can't remember who that receiver was who, who wound up taking most of those. But, but the fact that, that he goes and catches 11 balls a game as a, as a big target is, is really something worth keeping an eye on. Like I think that he could be a pretty freaky player. And somebody here had like the Mike Evans comp a couple years or a couple weeks ago. And the more I think about it, the more I think that that, that probably is right. Um, yeah, yeah. I, that's most of my thoughts there. We're in lockstep, Hank. I had Drake London wide receiver one, I think throughout the whole season. And I thought I was honestly going to come through this, putting him there again. I just couldn't deny Wilson and Olave. Um, I actually, guys, I found the most interesting comp for uh, Drake London from Z- Lance Zerline on the NFL combine page. And Bronco fans are going to love this one. He compared him to Ed McCaffrey. Oh, huh. He feels so much bigger and faster than Ed. Yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah. But I, I, could, I can see some of it though. Just the way he like the way he goes for those balls, that catch radius, it's a, uh, obviously McCaffrey didn't quite have that, but he just McCaffrey played so big um, and London just is big. Um, Hank, he's actually, he measured at the combine. He's listed six, four, two, 19. So he doesn't quite get that six, five, but uh, he's, he's there. Um, And what stands out, man. Like when you got, when you watch that dude run, that does not look like two nineteen. That looks like one ninety five. Like the dude flies, flies. Look at his arms too, man. I mean, he's yeah. not, he's a young, young kid. Yeah. This guy is 20 years old. So th- we're only scratching the surface here. And this is 
I'm kind of talking myself back into it again, but I yeah, really like are. his movement skills. And uh, not to go back to AJ Brown, but just when he was coming out, just seeing a guy that big really kind of squat down and just how like low he could get when he was breaking down. I see some of that in Drake London. Um, and that just really impresses me because to be that big and to have really some of that dynamicism in your route running is it's, I don't want to say rare, but it, it's getting there. It's, it's getting there. Totally. And, and I think oh. on top of that, I can't remember what Troy Aikman was talking about. It, it might've been saying like, yeah, if you throw Eli Apple out there against me and Troy Aikman, we're not going to be messing around with all these fancy route con- concepts. Like we're just, he's going to be running hitches. He's going to be running comebacks. He's going to be running digs and out- Michael Irvin, like, right? Is that yeah. About? Oh, is that what I always said? <laughs> yeah. But, but that's, he said something like that after somebody lost, I think it was to the Bengals. Um, and, and that's, that's what Drake London can be. Like when we talk about these other guys where it's like, yeah, they can kind of open things up. They can go deep. Not sure if he can be your true number one, like Drake London can be an identity. Like he can be a guy who you just, if you were able, you put him all alone on one side of the field, you just say go one-on-one against that cornerback. He's going to win because, because he just has the ability to catch every ball. Like the way he, he makes plays on those back shoulder passes down the sideline. It's just ridiculous. Like it's, it's just ridiculous watching him play. Like it's, it seems like those defenders typically just don't belong on the same field with them. And if, like I saw when he played Christian Gonzalez at Colorado and there was a drive where he had, I think it was four catches for 70 yards, including a touchdown one handed on a back shoulder, just turning around, reaching out of the end zone. Again, Christian Gonzalez is a guy who I think is going to be a top 100 pick next year. So is just a freakish talent and I'm talking myself into it too. But again, like you see, you see really productive receivers, run sub four fours you got to put them one in two i think um you guys are stuck in ohio state was safer but so what Drake london puts up those numbers at ohio state um and i i don't even know if those two dudes are the best wide receivers on ohio state like after watching that tape i think the sophomore with the hyphen might be the best that dude has so much juice after the catch. Holy cow. Um, to me, you guys just broke down the wide receiver one in the class. Um, and the way you described it, I think it's not even close. You guys just sold me even more. Um, this is the one dude that there is no question. Is he a number one? Yeah, he's a number one. Yeah, he's the star that stirs the drink. Look at the wide receivers that got paid this year. Uh, Mike Williams, Devontae Adams, nowhere close to as dynamic as those guys were. Mike Williams, major concerns with back injuries coming out of Clemson, still drafted in the top 10. Soon as he found the quarterback has turned into a star. The ankle injury scares me way less than the Mike Williams type injury. And I, I just think his speed is rare for that kind of big body. He is dripping with elite when it comes to running after the ball, size speed combination, contested uh, catching, even the stuff he can do, the versatility inside, outside as a route runner. Man, I just love this dude. I think he's dripping with special. I think he's a top 10 pick, um, or at least a top 10 ranked kid. I think these top four are all top 15 and carry solid set and forget round one grades. Um, I honestly don't think this wide receiver class is that far off. CD, Henry Ruggs, Jerry Judy. I actually think it's, like right there, we just have a few more injury concerns at the top. Exactly. If not, we would probably be saying this wide receiver class is better. Let's be honest. Totally. Um, yeah. Olave is the one guy we haven't broken down. He's my three. 
Uh, he's your guys too with the power of deduction. Um, safest by a mile feels yeah. very Justin Jefferson-y to me. Um, probably more of a number two in an offense than a number one, but that's fine. I feel comfortable with him in the slot, him outside. He's going to be great disrupting man-to-man coverage with crossers and all that. Pretty polished. Would like to see a little better contested catch tracking, but like he's still pretty good there. The 4-3 has got me all in. Um, and route running, I mean, I know you guys praise Garrett Wilson. I think he's right there. I think he's right there with better hands. So Olave just slightly ahead of Garrett Wilson. And again, though, I think all all four of these guys belong in the top 50. I totally agree. He's, he's the safest wide receiver in this class. I mean, you got the speed. You see By the mile. tremendous catches, the hands, the route running ability. He doesn't have an injury. Um, so he's going to yep. be a day one guy. Uh, day one meaning coming in and just he's plug and play basically. Um, but he, so technically Garrett Wilson did run faster. I mean, we're talking about a hundredth of a second here. So who, what are we talking about at the, you know, really at that point, but still I think Olave's play speed just, it it just was way more obvious and apparent than Garrett Wilson's. I think Um, he just, he gets out the blocks, man, and he's gone. Um, You know, Garrett, Wilson, you kind of saw that at times, but I don't think Garrett Wilson was just the play speed. It was, it, it's good. It's just not quite there. Um, with Olave, though, um, he's got good releases. He can stack defenders on his back uh, downfield, uh, wins off the line, uh, inside out versatility, confident hands. He's, like I mentioned, he makes tremendous catches. He can, I uh, can't remember what game it was. I want to say it was first game of the year versus Minnesota. Um, he had a really special catch down the sideline. Um, he's, like I said, safest wide receiver. Yep. And I mean, the other thing, I don't know if it's been brought up, just comparing him with Garrett Wilson, 6'1", 188 versus six foot 180. And it's not like that's a huge difference, but that extra inch and 10 pounds when you're trying to make the jump to, to the NFL, uh, that's valuable too. And to be honest, like now, now I'm starting to wonder, is Drake London number one, Olave two, and Wilson three? Did I just get this all the way backwards? <sighs> At least the Broncos aren't up there. At least the Broncos aren't up there. So closer to me. Well, this is kind um, of why I want to say that these guys are in tears, man, because ranking them is just so damn hard. And putting Jameson at four really kind of hurt me because yep. usually your, your four is not really a, a guy that you think of in that way. I, while I don't think he could be a wide receiver one, he's going to be an impact player. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you want to close this out by giving us your tears. I'll say this. Prop on DraftKings Sportsbook as far as the top wide receiver drafted. You can get Garrett Wilson at plus 100, Drake London at plus 175, um, which if you're the Giants, I think Drake London wins by a mile because you already have Tooney and Ingram and you have your Saquon, you have your speed guys. You need that big body outside. Then it's Jamison Williams, at plus 750, Traylon Burks plus 800, Olave plus 1200. Olave to me of that next tier, if you will, how they're ranked, easily the best chance of going, being the top wide receiver selected. So when I kind of looked at this, um, I had my S tier, your top tier, right? And they were the four guys. They were Wilson, Olave, London, Williams. I think that you can be happy taking either one of them if you need a receiver. 
After that, I kind of had an A tier. That's where I put George Pickens, Traylon Burks, uh, Sky Moore, and then we didn't talk about him, but uh, I have Jahan Dotson in there too. And then just behind that um, would be my B tier, guys that I'm really interested in, kind of day two and beyond. Uh, that's your Christian Watsons from North Dakota State. That's your Justin Rosses from uh, Clemson, your Alec Pierce yes. from Cincinnati. Um, who am I missing? Uh, I how think that's try five, Ty Freifogel and how he ran. Um, he ran really good at the combine after, you know, being out all year. You're a big Vilas Jones Jr., Jake, guy liked, in yeah. on day three. Yeah. Um, I thought Jalen Tolbert, Southern Alabama, is an intriguing, uh, bigger body, ran really well, showed well at the combine and what have you. Um, sad to see David Bell kind of fall off after a great season. Yeah. But I think there are some legit concerns as to what what special traits does he have. Um, I don't know if you want to mention a last uh, sleeper that you've got on your radar, Hank, but we covered a lot on that one. Yeah, you mentioned Justin Ross. I really like him. I think that that's a big upside pick. But but Kyle Phillips is the guy who I want to talk about. I mean, just just a true slot receiver. And and if, if I'm going to keep saying, like, the one thing that the Broncos are kind of missing on offense is that true slot receiver, I feel like i got to call yeah. out Kyle Phillips, who could be that guy who, you know what, snag him in the fifth round or whatever, and you can sub him in and he can get open underneath. He can be that little check down option. And, and he was really good at that at UCLA. He tested well on top of it. And, and again, like you look at what the Broncos have, they have Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton outside. You have Jerry Judy who he can play in the slot, but I almost feel like he kind of gets wasted in there. I, I, KJ Hamler has, has done some good things, but just to have somebody who can get those easy gains underneath, pick up first downs on third down, especially when you don't have a tight end who can do that. I think going after somebody like Kyle Phillips would just be incredibly valuable. I'm a huge Alec Pierce fan, guys, out of Cincinnati. Yeah. I don't know if you watched him, but, um, you know, everything I said about Drake London, just kind of toned that down two notches, and I think that's what you're getting with Alec Pierce. Um, a little yep. bit not as big. He's 6'3", 211, compared to Drake London, 6'4", 219. They both have 33-inch arms. Alec Pierce uh, wowed everyone at the combine with the 4-4-1, 40-yard dash. He also jumped 40-and-a-half in the vertical. Uh, 129 in the broad, so the combine was spectacular. Uh, he was really awesome for Desmond Ritter. He does that that Drake London thing where he can, you know, back shoulder uh, behind him, uh, up in the air, one-handed. He can kind of just pull off some spectacular catches. I love him day two. Yeah, his short space movement twitch for a longer guy is really impressive. Senior Bowl standout as well. So it's a guy you've been talking about for a month now, so I'm glad you you mentioned that. Man, we've got some good ones, man. Uh, day three, I like a lot of the sleepers for both tight end and wide receiver that we've mentioned. So, Did we mention Christian Watson at all? I mentioned him briefly, but we should In talk about him. Freak passing. Freak, freak, freak from North Dakota State. Like 6'4", 210, ran a 4.36. That's another one who he, he could be a, a, a star in the NFL. Yeah, he's a value pick for sure. Day two, whoever takes him, mm -hmm. you you circle that one. He's got to figure out some technical stuff. Makes sense. Yeah, out of there, tracking the ball, route running, all of that. But yeah, you don't even throw the ball in up in Fargo. Like he's got a lot to work out. <laughs> I watch him. I wonder if he's more of a Cordell Patterson. 
just just an athlete hmm. you gamble on and it might might take eight years for him to find right and find his utility oh. and find the right number of touches more so than just your standard wide receiver but debo cordell we're making that transition where wide receiver running back in some cases is becoming a hybrid blended position he could totally fit in that and would be intriguing in that spot so also it's a great class though yeah his dad was yeah, Tim Watson. Really Thinking of it might have been Steve Watson, Tim Watson. He played. Is that the All guy? Right. He played safety, right? He did play safety. Yeah, he was in the NFL for a, a while. We didn't talk about. We should talk about Jahad Dotson though. I. <laughs> he, he's real quick, just because I, I. He's kind of being the forgotten guy here, and I think he's a really good football yeah. player. Um, yeah. you know, small. He's 5'11", 178. Um, he's gonna fit into that slot profile, quick in and out of breaks. I thought he had reliable hands. Uh, I still can't get out of my hand that spectacular catch where he kind of embarrassed Sean Wade in 2020 uh, in the end zone. Mm-hmm. Um, no. He's just a guy at Lance Zerline. He actually compared him to Emmanuel Sanders. If you get Emmanuel Sanders, it's a pretty damn oh. good draft pick. I, th- I saw some Rondell Moore totally. similarities. I think that you Ooh, can have some of that don't get me too stuff. excited. Okay. <laughs> he's not that level thickness. Yeah. To me, it looks true. a lot like KJ Hamler. A lot like KJ Hamler. Those a little. Yeah. A little bit bigger just a smidge bigger he was having a hell of a season though man i mean we talk about the top four being first round guys during the season though it wasn't just the top four it was dotson had a moment where it was like shit was dotson receiver one burks had a moment we were six deep as far as like guys we considered at wide receiver one this year um and you still have upside dudes like pickens or ross who could totally go ahead and steal that in a couple years so it's a class with a lot of value with all the Broncos picks. You probably want to snatch one up in the in day three just to take a flyer at this point. Maybe some return value on one of these guys. Exactly. I was going to say Deontay Spencer not coming back, so you need a returner. Yeah. Um, there's a ton of guys that just were so quick. Uh, Vilas Jones, Calvin Austin, Danny yeah. Gray, um, yes. Bo Melton, all low 4-3 guys, all guys that you look at instantly as a returner. Yeah, totally. Um and we'll also have reports from Justin on CSU's Pro Day here soon. That for once was not the same day as CU's Pro Day. Trey McBride's numbers on some of that stuff is really going to be key since he held out on the combine. Um, and we've just got more coming the rest of the way. Draft season, baby. Nothing better. Totally. Uh, Kyle Phillips, two punt return touchdowns at UCLA. Just throwing that out there. All right. All right. All right, we can stop talking now because it's been an hour and a half. But uh, back again next week with another position preview, right? Yeah, let's do it. it. Cool. Let's do it.